Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Hey, 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 I am Christoph Jenkins of the Poet Life Podcast, and I am extremely excited to speak with this gentleman here. His name is Blues. As you can tell, his IG is Blues, Blues, Blues. And when I tell you, wait until this conversation. We're, we're going to get into who he is, what he's done, what he's doing. And you're just going to be inspired because just from our conversation before clicking record, I'm inspired already. And I had to I had to like say, like, just hold that thought because I want to get all of that on the podcast. So just just blues, man. How are you, sir? Man, I am fantastic, bro. Another day above ground. But I mean, I, I think being on this show, period, um, is I always talk about remaining relevant or just remaining on, on the radar, yeah, especially when you get older in this business. Yeah, most. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, for everybody listening, watching, this is our first time meeting. This is our first time meeting. However, I've been following this gentleman for a while and just soaking in all of the knowledge and and uh, information that he shares and uh, the example that he uh, presents online for me because again i've never met him in person um but i said let me let me message him and see if he would be interested in being a guest on the podcast and i'm i'm so excited that he said yes and uh because he's he's not only um a, a a a king in his own right but he's well connected in the poetry industry you know the names that you that you know and and admire he's friends with and 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 so let's let's get started man uh, i asked you a question just to find out what our direction would be right uh in our conversation and and, and that question was if you could teach a poetry business course or class mm. uh, uh from your perspective your experiences what angle would you take? What subject would that be? Uh, what would the students be learning? Yeah, and and I was I was breaking it down. I was like, because there's so many angles uh, from my own experiences that I that I could approach it with. Uh, you know, one of them was, of course, the voiceover work, which is always probably the most fun because you don't necessarily have to write anything. You just show up and say the thing, right? Uh, no huss, no fuss. Uh, but I think the most fulfilling part of it, the most fulfilling angle I think I would take is, is uh, the, the publishing, the writing part, the commissioned work part, um, because it works so deep in, into a poetry business aspect, because um, you're called upon to use your words to write something and maybe not necessarily say it, but you're creating the content, you're creating the copy, you're creating the manifest, you're creating the the thing that is going to be the brand of whatever it is, you know, that you're presenting. So for me, a lot of that work has looked like NFL and NBA work, uh, particularly uh, the, the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets. So being able to, to work inside that industry um, has been fun and it, it's challenging because where we can be, we can be poets all day long and get real wordy and real deep and all that. And then they'll be like, ah, nah, we got to cut to the chase, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tone all that down. And then you're like, all right. Um, but it's challenging because now you have to craft this, this thing in a particular way and sort of take off your, your poet hat and put on a different kind of real inspirational kind of hat. But even inside of that, you're now thinking, all right, what? what do I charge for this? Mm. Do, do I own it after I write it? You know, those, so those are the questions that you have to ask yourself. And then you say, all right, if I wrote something for, I don't know, Lowe's and Lowe's said, we need something specific for our company retreat. It's going to be over 500, 600 people. We'd love for you to be there and recite it. So 
one, you charge for the writing and then you charge for the performance. And then you say, do I ever want to use these words in this, in this, you know, context again, or do I want, can I say, Hey, Lowe's, you can own this for another price. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you start breaking it down that way. So yeah, man, that's, that's the angle I would approach because it can get very complicated, but very lucrative. And, you know, if you're good at what you do, you get called back. You get called back. Wow. Wow. You said a whole lot. You said, you said we might have to just like, just be right there because, <laughs> because NBA, you were name dropping, sir. Um, <laughs> NBA, Charlotte Bobcats, uh, Hornets, or whoever, uh, Lowe's. Okay. So, so I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. Okay. So how did we get there? And that is the million dollar question. Yes. Right? How do you even get to a point where you're on those folks radar? So, and it's a unique, it's unique for everyone, right? It's a unique journey for everyone. So for me in particular, it started probably with NASCAR. That was like my first That's, major sports thing. On, that blues. I did. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was the first like major thing that I did. Um, and in this town, it's it's big enough and small enough. So what town? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, so, North Carolina. Um, in in particular, particular the the video world, the you know, say that whole you know, directors, producers, yada yada. Um, started you know doing stuff with NASCAR, and uh, you know, my name made around the circles to. Raycom Sports, who at the time was handling the ACC and SEC. So I got to do voiceover work and writing for them, which led to NFL stuff, which led to NBA stuff, which led. But to how did you get to NASCAR? NASCAR and bro, and, and I would love for this to be like a, some some grand formula that I could give people. But really, I, I liked NASCAR. So okay. I used to go to the races. Okay. And I did this interview with a local uh, with a local paper here called Creative Loafing, and it's no longer it's no longer in print these days. But it was in print at the time. Right, I am y'all. It was in print at the time, and I did this little blurb, and it was probably about like this big, right? Just this big, and it said, "Here's blues. He's a poet. Here's his hobbies." I was like, "I play soccer. I love NASCAR, and you know, hip hop is my thing." And one of the producers who is a black dude who worked at NASCAR was like, I want to take a chance on this. Called me up and was like, hey, would you like to collab and create on doing a couple openings and talking about uh, the NASCAR Cup and the, and the, the Cup Series coming up? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm like, all right, this ought to be cool. You know, because at the end of the day, it was like NASCAR and a black dude who does poetry. You know, this, right. this, this could either go really right or really wrong. <laughs> right. And it went well. It went so well that we did it for two years. Did um, what? Did what? So I would do the opening for each race. I would talk about last, I would give a recap of last week's race and the next week coming up in poetic form. And we would turn that over every single week. Every Because all the races happened on a Sunday. So a race would happen Sunday. We'd get notes on Monday. We'd shoot Tuesday to have it ready to go on the can by Wednesday just to do it all over again. So it was, it was quick. You translated the notes into poetic form. Right. Nice. Right. So it was, there was the challenge in that. It was the challenge of how do I take this and turn it into something artistic, but yet still have enough form and context that it makes sense to someone you know, as if I was just giving a sports report or anything like that. So there was the beauty and the challenge of that. And then we'd, we'd go shoot at a place. So it wasn't just that I was sitting there writing it. Then I had to kind of memorize this one to two minute thing in my brain and then go to a place and then we shoot the whole thing. And then two days, three days to memorize. Yeah, maybe a day and a half, maybe a day and a half. Cause we'd get notes and then be like, oh, here are the notes. And then sometimes it'd change. So I'd write a thing and then be like, oh, we can't use that. Can you do this over again? And for those who are like, man, that sounds like a lot of work. They paid well. They paid well. So yeah, I didn't mind it. I was like, oh, I can do this. Good, mo good motivation. Yeah, yeah, good motivation. And but part of that too was 
I, I became, uh, I got a title. I got like a producer title on some of them because I was being, I was able to write. And these, and when we talk about, I don't know folks be like, how'd you get your Emmy? These are the shows that I got to win the Emmy for and some stuff that I did for. Wait, wait, what, what? How did you get your what? You have an Emmy? Yeah. So I won an <laughs> Emmy working with uh, inside the headsets uh, for, with, for NASCAR and then uh, an Emmy with uh, Raycom Sports. We did the Duke Carolina Open. Um, I think it was the making of a blueprint was the, was the title of that one that we won an Emmy for for that one as well. So long story short, to answer your question, it was serendipitous. Like I, I really just, I loved something that was so different and being an oddball kind of gave me my end. So if you are an oddball person who likes really strange things or n not the normal, you know, uh, black people are not a monolith. Um, so if, you, if you're a poet who's into skateboarding, surfing, parasailing, all the things they say black folks don't do, but you do that mm -hmm. and you can write about it, get creative. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. The thing that you love the most, that you spend money on, spend money doing and write something beautiful about it and then see what pops up, see who sees it, you know, see who's going to be like, oh, you're pretty good. Do you mind collabing and working together on some stuff? So it's, and it's just like that. It's just taking a chance and just stepping out on, on some weird, I'm a weirdo kind of faith, you know, <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's those kind of things. Yeah. Weirdos stand out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That weird means unique. Yes. You know, and as you get older, you find out that unique is valuable. Mm hmm. Right. Especially yeah. when they try to, at an early age, they want you to fit into everything and then you fall into these peer pressure kind of things and you never feel right. Right. You never feel like yourself. And then, like you said, as we get to be adults, you're like, you know what? I, I like this and I don't, I don't care. Right. <laughs> what right. anybody else thinks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, I was, when I was a kid, I didn't like my name. I didn't like my name, Christoph. Right. You know, I was like, why couldn't you name me Chris or Christopher? You know, like everybody else. Well, you listen, know? my government name is Boris. Right. So I was like, for the <laughs> longest. Yeah. Just call me B. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and your your name on paper, you would not know what nationality you are. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. So there's no pre prejudice. On your right. resume or whatever your portfolio, you know, exactly. Yeah, because We know that's real. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Totally. Man, that is you know, I I know everybody's watching my facial expressions because I knew none of this. Um, I, you know, most more recently, you know, uh, I saw the it was the Charlotte Pan, uh, Panthers or the Bobcats? What, what Probably the Hornets. Yeah, the, the Hornets. Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets. And and I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing exactly what I'm sharing you know, just, just, just taking it and running with it and doing something more, doing something different. Um, but I did not know all of what I'm uncovering and I'm sure it's so much more. Um, but I'm excited to learn, you know, uh, how creative you're going with this and, and, or, or when did you start? Like, when did you start writing? When did you get in the poetry industry? Um, I guess that's a tiered question. Oh, wait, well, it's not a tiered question. It's tiered answers. Yeah. Um, high school, definitely. Like, okay. Probably like my 11th grade year. 
I really kind of got into poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just more of a hobby. It's, so back in, back in the day, that's what old people say. Back in the day, um, <laughs> a group of us used to sit in class and write these battle rhymes to each other. Mm. Write. We'd write them down and then pass the note, like around, like, we thought we were. We thought we were doing the most, you know. It was a it was a quiet cipher. We were such nerds. It was so fun. Um, but then I, I got into uh, I got into what creative writing could be, and and you know, really creative poetry could be. After getting an assignment from my teacher, who wanted us to take a Shakespeare play, and you know, sort of transpose it to the modern time. And I'm going to date myself. This is around ninety three. So I took Romeo and Juliet and I made it hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I made it, you know, it was about this girl from the east side and this dude from the west side. It was, it was cool. I thought it was very, you know, imaginative. It was fun, yada, yada. Ended up getting like a C or something on it. And I was just appalled. Like, how could you give this a C? It's genius. What are you talking about? <laughs> but <laughs> but it, was, it was an introduction into what the possibilities of poetry could be for me. Mm-hmm. So that was a real eye opener. And then, of course, I didn't really get into the emotional into the emotional side of it um, until a bad breakup, like my mm-hmm. my sophomore year of college. I was doing a long distance relationship thing, didn't work out. I fell into a deep dark hole. It was just mm-hmm. all this emo, dark, oh, and kill myself kind of poetry. Mm-hmm. And, and not to make light of it, but it was I was in such a hurt place. And you know, as black men, we're not really taught to mm-hmm. deal. With emotions, especially back then, we, you were just sad. You was just sad, and that was it. You know, mm-hmm. I questioned you about it, or asked you how to, you know, how they could help. So writing was my was my tool, was my mm-hmm. therapy, uh, and, and it was it was all pretty pretty dark. And I I shared some of it at an open mic, and someone said that's good, super sad and dark, but that's good. So I was like, oh okay. Um, and then I discovered what erotic poetry was mm-hmm. and the the uh, the instant gratification from the oohs and ahs right. so i was like i'm going to do this forever <laughs> right right <laughs> i'm going to write this every day all day because this is where it's at mm-hmm. uh, and then one day uh i i went to the university of north carolina in charlotte jessica care more comes to our school and that woman changed my life when i heard her and i was like i've been doing it wrong (laughs) this is wrong what i'm doing is not right what i'm doing is not what she's doing and she's inspiring people she's moving people to their feet to action to just self-respect to so all these things that weren't oohs and ahs and i was like that's what i want to do and the very next day i wrote the first poem that would be, you know, sort of tantamount to what led me to where I am today. Mm. So it, it was in those stages that I, I got to, to do what I'm doing. And then, you know, if we fast forward all the way to I graduate college, I have a really cool job uh, working for Bay Heckle Communications, which is uh, a Fox affiliate, and I'm having fun. I'm, I'm working on a morning show. It's the morning. It's creative. You got to keep people up. So it's, you know, and then some things happen between uh, a camera guy and some production people on the night side of this. And I, would, I, I was the new guy in. So they were like, we got to switch you tonight. And I was like, oh, my God. So I, I started working the night side. And it was just straight up news, weather, sports, news, weather, sports. And I was like, this is terrible. Right. And then my wife was like, well. It doesn't work with our schedule, so we're, we're struggling with that. Why don't you try the poetry thing full time? And I was like, you sure? And she was like, all right, let's do it. And wow. so I stepped out on that. And the first three or four months was a real terrifying struggle because right. nothing was happening. Right. And I was, I was grinding. I was trying to get into the college circuit. I was trying to do this, trying to do that. Some things were working here, some things were falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I was clueless as to what it meant to step out there, right? There was yeah. no business structure. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm gonna go out here and do poems because people love what I do. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. And there was no example for you. 
Exactly. There was no example. And then so it was, uh, I, so it, it led up to me doing that interview with the Creative Loafing folks. And then uh, shouts out to Kevin Jackson and NASCAR, saw it. And then it was a week later, two weeks later, we were, we were shooting. We were doing it. And I was just, bro, it was such a flip. It was such a flip to, 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 to do that and to be out there and going. And then mm. the money came, but it wasn't even about the money at some point. It was about the creative process and building the brand up, building what I'm doing, building, 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 and, and creating the avenues and the lanes and the platforms. And right. So it, it's this continuous idea of building up who you are um, and, you know, really making a name for yourself. So when we talk about the business of, um, Jay-Z always said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. Jay-Z himself is a business. And I think a lot of poets looked at themselves as, and you and I discussed it, like you are a business and businesses will want to be to be. They will want to do business with a business. And so the one thing that I had to learn inside of what I was doing, and I think this just comes from my parents, you know, instilling, you know, you got to be a decent human being <laughs> in life. But I think that also, you know, rolled itself into the business aspect. You can be the greatest poet or MC, singer, painter, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you're a complete, you know, mm, mm -hmm. no one's going to want to work with you. Like, they, they're like, I don't care how much greatness comes with that. The headache of it all can be tremendous. And so what I learned was to be as professional as I could at every given turn. Mm -hmm. Not to be rude, to, to think of everybody as equal. I don't care if they were pushing the broom or drove up in a Porsche. They're all the same people to you. You will mm -hmm. show everyone the same respect, you know, because right. they're, 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 they're there to do a job just like you are there to do a job. And I think if, if you're just a really great person and you do the job you're supposed to do mm -hmm. with, with high quality, you get called back. You know, even if it's just they want you, they want you in the room because you're just good energy, right? right. Um, and that's what happened a lot. I would, I was getting called back to do certain things. So like, hey, we heard the project you did; it's amazing. Oh, hey, we heard that you're this. We heard that it was always that they heard. You know, not even wow. kind of like they saw, but they heard. And I was like, that is probably just as important as the product that I put out is that they hear that I'm just a decent human being. And I think if, if that is the approach for a lot of things, then, you know, you definitely get called back. You definitely get to show up at places and be in, and be in spaces. And, you know, we always hear that thing where they say, well, I want my name to be in rooms that I'm not. I mean, I was just about my name in rooms. That is so true on so many levels, you know. So we, if you go back to the idea of what it is to sort of build your brand, that's a part of it, right? That's a part of making sure that your name exists in, in spaces that you are not, you know, that, that your good name exists in spaces that you're not, and you're not a part of a terrible conversation. Like, Hey, here's who you don't hire. You never want your name in that for sure. Yeah. Uh, that is so true. That is so true. You know, that alone will increase the number of times that you're called. Right. Like you said, you know, uh, let your name go before you mm. through through people knowing what you do, how serious you take what you do. Right. And and that also means that when I speak of you and and refer you, that you will make me look good. Okay. All right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, I, I, man, listen, I know this gentleman named Blues. <laughs> listen, when I tell you he's the real deal, he's the real deal. I, right. that's, I don't need to say too much about him. You and, know? Yo, that is, that is super huge off the referral, too. And, mm -hmm. and, and in reverse, I, I've become, I've become OG, you know, mm -hmm. I, got I got that status. So inside of that OG-ness, I've, I've learned to be a little, I don't know, 
a-hole-ish if, mm -hmm. if it is but it's mm -hmm. not it's, it's not like i'm out to get someone i i will tell a young court like listen don't make me look stupid right and it's like it's something your mama would say we're gonna go in this door and don't don't be acting crazy like or, or your mom will say you represent me exactly so exactly. when you leave this house right leave right right exactly and i think when they hear you say that it's like i'm trusting you with something that is very serious and then they now are informed to this is serious i don't want to mess this up because mm -hmm. I want my, you say, I want to do a good job, but also I don't want Kristoff mad at me. I don't want Blues mad at me. Let me do this right. So I, I think a part of that needs to happen in conversations as well for, for, all, sure. the, for all the OGs out there. Make sure you 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 have that conversation. Like, listen, I, I'm. it may sound egotistical, but listen, I'm sending you on my good name. Please mm -hmm. don't mess this up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. then they, they, they understand it. Like, all right. Let me go in here and do what I'm supposed to do do my job because he trusted me with this. Yeah. And they, they put this on me to come in here and carry on and be the responsible, you know, creative person that I am. And let me move forward. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, and, you know, with the poetry industry and it being in its infancy, like the poetry community is ancient. It's it's been here since the beginning of time. It's it's in Psalms, it's in Bible, and poetry's been here. But the poetry industry is brand new. Mm, yeah. Right. And right. and uh um and I and I say this often, there is no industry when there's only four successful professionals. Right? Right. So so it's not just that we want other poets to succeed. We need them to succeed because that raises the value of the entire industry when there are more. Think about rap when it first started in the whatever decade that was early mm -hmm. 80s or, you know, it was a fad and it's and, and, and it was a trend and it wasn't going anywhere. So right. they said, right now it's a trillion billion dollar industry and it's it, it's in it's everywhere. Right. Right. You know, and so 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 it's so important for each poet that desires to be in the industry to take it serious, um, each opportunity uh, uh, um, striving for that to be the opportunity mm -hmm. uh, be, because because it makes all poets look good when brandon leak won the america um, america's got talent event planners and project producers were like were like i need a poet not i need brandon leak i need a poet poet right right yeah exactly exactly so if they if if they can't find a comparable poet they're like man there's only one you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and you know I, and we know that not to be true right. uh skill wise but is it true professional wise and that that brings up a, a very interesting point christoph because um a, a lot of poets would ask touring poets and I, and I say touring poet because there's the uh the college poet who tours colleges right and I I did that for I think two or three years um and there are some poets who have a longer shelf life than that which I think is amazing mm -hmm. uh, but yeah so it's this this is glamour ideas like oh I'm I could do that I want to be a tour poet and they have two good poems maybe right and not knowing you need at least an hour <laughs> of work to to really say i'm gonna go to the school and do the thing um and i think they they see the sensationalism of the viral poet and the poet with that one poem and it gets mm -hmm. under the news mm -hmm. and like oh that's all i need is the one poem to 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 do the next level and then it's not that it's mm -hmm. not that at all 
Mm-hmm. And so the professionalism, professionalism of, of the touring poet is, is not just having the poem, but how do you craft an hour set? How do I craft that? And some poets are like, oh, man, I'm just going to rifle through all my slam poems. No one wants to hear you spit 20 poems in a row right. at a speed that no one else can understand. Because right. at half the time and most of the time, those kids have never heard of a slam poet or, or if they do, you know, they're not going to understand a word you say. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you have to learn how to slow the poem down. Now you have to learn how to tell the story in between. It's all those things that, that come in with it that pull to that idea of what a professional poet can also be. So, yeah, when you said that, you know, there's only one, you're like, yeah, because a lot of poets don't get that part of it. Like they, yeah. they, they see this one thing and think it's instantly that, but they don't know, you know, Brandon Lee had to go through a bunch of stuff to get to where he's at. Shouts out to uh, like Asia Samson and Black Chakra who have to go through a bunch of things mm-hmm. to get to the point where they are. And it's, you know, you get to see the polished product. That's because they went through the dirt, man. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that professionalism part, you got you gotta learn that, even hone that. And at the same time, it, it needs to be taught. So those professional poets out there who are hearing this, it's also kind of your responsibility to to help grow that. Now, if you make a business out of it, then I'm I'm all with it, but we need to do something. Like we can't it can't end with a certain set of poets because when yeah. it ends with a certain set of poets, then it just ends. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, yeah, that's a, so, so it's, it's so key. It's so key for, for us to be, I want to say on the same page, but, uh, uh, on the same page of being professional, um, because like, like you stated, you know, it would be great for us to be able to, um, run down a list of names that we could call and and i know and, and i know you do you know but for the lay person that is not poetically inclined or in the community um you know there's a lot of people that are not rappers or singers or dancers but they can name rappers singers and dancers right you know what i'm saying so so is uh, an an industry is more than the professionals in the industry knowing who are the professionals right it, it's those who are outside of the industry knowing who the professionals are in that industry you know so right. so um we have to we have to get to that place where it, we're disrupting other industries with our skill set right our art right and that's what you're doing you're disrupting nascar nba and if like lows that's <laughs> and, disruption right and i think we're even disrupting uh the the grammys now with that big yes. push that happened that's, yes. a, that's one of the biggest disruptions we've had in and almost ever to, to, mm-hmm. to change a whole category that it really reflects the artwork that people are out here doing. Because every year you could hear the, the, the universal groan and eye roll of poets when they hear the spoken word Grammy goes to name a president or name an actor. Who right. Are you like, Ugh, I'm so glad Obama got a Grammy, but geez, come on, man. Wow. You know, <laughs> so. It's, it's finally sort of getting our just due in that arena too. And, and again, that, that will level up the professionalism of the poet. Mm-hmm. So now the poet is also, you know, which we've always kind of been, the recording artist as well. Mm-hmm. But how does, you know, it's, it's another chance for if the industry to cash in. If, if, if they're looking to be exploitive of the poet and the genre, all right, we'll 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 play that game with y'all. Right. You know, we know that we're gonna we're gonna make money too, but also now we get to be in these circles and have these mm-hmm. conversations and and get into these rooms on a professional level of what our art and what our genre can do for other industries in a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Now that we can stamp Grammy award winner to some of our names, even Grammy nominee is right. big, right? It's big. So it's resume builder. And it, and it comes with this idea of 
you gotta be good at what you do and a professional at what you do at a at a level that you know that others are doing it. So yeah. don't yeah. just see the thing, but here's how to aspire to that, and here are some of the standards that are set and standards that can be raised. You know, right, right. I, I'm a true believer that poetry is just as every bit of valuable than uh, as as comedy and and public speaking to say it. those who get paid thousands of dollars for you better say it come on <laughs> however we have to know that that we 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 have to know that but then when we find out that it, that 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 we are just as or even more valuable we got to put in the work that a comedian does they right a, a comedian they evoke emotion right poets evoke emotion come on but a comedian has an hour Do you have an hour of right. not, like you said, not just poem, 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 poem. Can you tell a story? Can you narrate? Can you interweave your spoken word seamlessly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. And can you, yeah, can you create an experience with poetry, man? Period. Period. Like, how well do you know your own work? That becomes a really good question for yourself. Like, for me, that's what it became a real quick. My first, and my listen, y'all, my first college gig was terrible. I was awful. I was awful. And I knew it. I knew I was awful. I was done in 30 minutes. I had to figure out how to do the other 30. That's how bad at this I was. And that's because I was cocky, too. I was cocky. And I was like, I made it. These people just going to take whatever I give them. No, 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 no blues. It does not work that way. It was after watching um, a John Good. He was in a John Good. If y'all don't know John Good, he's an amazing poet. He's an amazing storyteller and writer. Now you talk about the business of poetry, Christoph. That's the next person who you need to talk to is John. What's his name? John Good. J-O-N-G-O-O-D-E. He's done stuff uh, with Adult Swim. Uh, Southwest Airlines, he's he's on it. But in particular, he's doing the Story Slam series with The Moth, um, which is basically Poetry Slam, but in story form. That man is incredible at what he does in terms of hosting and everything. But I watched him and he told me once, like, man, I did an hour set, only used four poems. Right. Four. And I was like, what? That makes <laughs> sense, though. The, I, when he told me that, I was like, you know what? That makes they, sense. They paid me to be here to do poetry, but I can do all kinds of stuff in between. And I was like, if I knew how to do magic, I would do a magic trick in between my poems. And you learn to tell a joke. You learn to sing a song. It's this time that they get to know you as mm. the person. And that's when I say, how well do you know your own work? And can you craft a story from A to Z? But that's why Dave Chappelle is so good. Right. If you really count how many jokes he tells, it's probably like 10. Right. With a story all throughout. Right. Right. And like, and then you laugh. And then you just, and then you like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's genius. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's that, but that it goes back to that professionalism. How well are you crafting what you do? And we, some of us, are really there, man. In, in terms of how 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 we're building ourselves. I mean, if 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 we're even just to turn this interview around on Christoph, mm -hmm. you've managed to to build the Poet Life brand in in such a manner that you are curating and crafting stories about poetry and poets in a manner that the brand suits the listener. Mm -hmm. You know, you love what you do, mm -hmm. but you're not doing it for you. 
right. and the platform is created to impact your audience and to impact the poets. And so we we feel that sincerity in it, right? And that is a level of business. Walmart is there to impact its customers. Target is there to impact its customers. Granted, their bottom line is there. Like, yeah, we want to make a little money, but we want to create an experience that you will always come back to here. And that's what you're doing is you're creating an experience where they will always want to come back to there. So just looking at this, this whole business of poetry, mm-hmm. and we talked earlier about approaches, you know, yeah. this, is, this is another approach, man. This is, this is, this is so dope. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, even outside of this conversation, I, I want to link up with you you know, because uh, I'm learning so much, you know, you're, you're taking my mind to another hemisphere uh, (laughs) universe. uh, And, and I'm getting so I'm taking notes as as I as I speak, because, because what you're doing, you, man, like, I I didn't know, I didn't know. And when, so when I saw it on Facebook, you know, I was like, okay, let me DM him right now. Cause I have to at least at the very least hear the story of how that happened. Right. And then when I'm getting the story, you know, you, you name drop five different other things. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. All right. So let's, let's talk about it, man. Um, so in poetry, what are you doing now? I, I, I know you're like the director of creative events and, and things of that, of that nature where you are now. Yeah. Um, but how are you interweaving poetry and what you do? Through just me doing what I do, um, there's this uh, exhibit we have up called Immersive Van Gogh, um, which is it's it's pretty global at this point. There's, I think there's one in Chicago, San Francisco, Britney Spears went to the one in LA, yada, 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 right? Um, but ours is unique in a sense of, we have one of the largest square footage spaces for the event, but also, and excuse my ego, they got me. Um, there you go. What I've been able to do is, while there is the experience, I'm like, how do we really flip this space, flip what this is? So the first event that I did was called Slam Van Gogh. And what happens is I got 10 poets to sit in the experience, which is about 30 minutes long. It's a loop of Van Gogh's work and video and it morphs and moves and there's music. So they sit in this experience. Um, But before they go in, I give them a writing topic. And while they're in there, they have 30 minutes to write a poem. And when they come out, the audience sits and then they deliver the poem and it's a slam. Uh, one poem, you know, everybody gets one round with one poem and then it's a, it's a slam right there. So it works in twofold for most of the for most of the patrons there. They had never seen uh, immersive Van Gogh and they've never been to a poetry slam. So they're getting two art experiences in one in one sitting. Um, so that was super, like super fun to do. Um, and so what I was like, mm, what else could I do next? I could do rap Van Gogh which works in the same sort of ideal. Uh, But the flip is this, uh, I got two producers to produce the music for the immersive, for the the rap part of it. So it's this chance to, oh, and everybody gets paid to participate. So it's not that you just get to slam, you get, you, you, you already got, I already paid you to be there. There's a chance to win money on top of being paid. So my biggest thing inside of all of that, in terms of poetry, is how do I continuously pay poets to do what they do? That's the one thing I've been advocating and pushing. Like every event that I've done uh, that involves poetry, I think 90% of the time I just paid the poet to be there um, Mm -hmm. to do the thing, Uh, except for our our regular slams. You know, those were started, you know, way back, oh gosh, over 10 years ago. So those, those models haven't changed. But, you know, inside that aspect, and it's not just poetry, it's artist period in the city. Yeah. Um, any event that I've been able to create, there's a budget that comes with it that allows the artist to be paid, whether they're a painter, dancer, singer, whatever it is. I'm like, I'm going to pay you for your time. Mm-hmm. Will, it, will it ever be enough? No, I don't have millions of dollars to give you what you deserve, but you're definitely going to walk out of here with a check for sure. Like yeah. you're getting paid to do what you do. Um, 
And so that's sort of that poetry world that I've been able to, to intersect with my actual job. And then just on a personal level, I have, uh, I have a book coming out, uh, Hip Hop Haiku. Um, so, yeah, every, every year for the past three or four years in April, where it's National Poetry Writing Month, um, I started, when I first started, I was writing poems. Well, not that a haiku isn't a poem, but I was writing like long form poems. And I was mm -hmm. like, in about day 15, I was burnt out. I was like, oh, I don't know what to write about, isn't it? But then I was like, all right, how do I get creative here? I was like, well, I love haikus. They're short and they're sweet. And it's fun yeah. to try to figure out that puzzle. And I was like, I love hip hop. And I was like, oh my God, hip hop haiku was born. And so for 30 days, I would take some part of the culture be it the MC, be it the B-boy, be it graffiti, DJ, food, cars, weed, whatever, whatever it was that was a part of hip hop culture, mm -hmm. I made it, I made a haiku out of it. And so this past year, I was like, I, it's time to do a book. And shouts out to One Crown uh, Management who who signed me, signed to a signed to a, like a record label of sorts um, for a book. And so we're gonna put out the book before, uh, I think in December. So it should be out almost another month, but it's amazing. I, I got to do this book. And the cool thing was the haikus would always come with a picture of, uh, or an, uh, of whatever it was I was talking about. So like one of my first ones was Biggie. So I wrote the haiku and there was a picture of Biggie mm -hmm. and then I put it on Instagram and it, that's where it lived. So when I decided to do the book, I was like, it definitely has to be an art book. So it functions as an art book and a poetry book mm -hmm. it's art that lives there and then the haiku on the other side uh but naturally i was pulling the pictures just off the internet screenshotting cropping yada yada boom. yep so i was like well there's no way that i could you know mass produce a book with someone else's pictures so right. what i was able to do was employ uh artists from the city to mm -hmm. recreate i was like hey listen here are the subjects you can create these however they look to you, however hip hop represents to you, whatever that reflection is. Because Christoph, I can't draw a thing. Like I can barely draw a conclusion. Like I can't draw a thing. Same here. Like I can't tell you how to art, right? I can't tell you. So all I can say is whatever, whatever you see, that's your perspective. And in low key, well, high key, because I told them, like, I'm fans of your work. This is why I'm asking you, because I've just been itching to work with you. And this is the only way that I knew how to do it. So I got to I got to fanboy out over some artists that I really love who are right here in my city. Uh, I was able to, you know, get them paid, but get them a deal where it's not just I pay you the one time. They will also make money from the book as well. So the deal is structured that whatever royalties we get in, we start divvying that up. And that's. And, you know, because I've done so many, it's they can be volumes now. So it's just volume one and then two and three will come years and years and years. So it's building the longevity of just the hip hop haiku book, but hopefully structuring a model where there's revenue coming in in my brain for the next 25 years of being able to do this. You know, as long as hip hop has been around, there will always be something for me to write about. But I also have it set to where. My publishing company benefits my daughters, but I also want to be able to set other poets up to be a part of what this is and continue it on. Because I'm, you know, as long as my brain works, I'll continue writing. But, you know, will I have the energy and passion to do it anymore? Probably, you know, I'd be ready to retire at some point. Right. But I would love to be able to pass this, this, this model, this structure onto the next person and say, here's what I did. Here's how it works. Write the things. Here's how you pay people. Here's how you get your artists. Here's how you continue to create that 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 revenue from here on out. So, yeah, man, it's 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 a lofty dream. It's a big dream, but it's it's started. It's in motion. And if it works the way I want to, man, I'll, I'll be seventy, seeing a poet who's thirty making money off an idea I had when I was in my forties. You know, so hopefully that's the way it works. You know, and that's my give back. You, know? you you just make me remember a conversation that I had with my wife last night. You heard of the book Think and Grow Rich, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you know I just recently uh, just kind of realized what that title meant? You know, I, I'm just thinking it's, it's a nice title. It's catchy, Think and Grow Rich. 
but just last night, and I read the book like twice, so somewhere over here. Um, but I was watching a video. Um, I can't remember who it was. Myron Golden, mm. and he was saying, and this guy is like a millionaire. He was saying that you know, the mind is so valuable. The mind is so significant. He was saying that it. The book doesn't say work and grow rich. It it you, it it doesn't say get a degree and get three, four, five degrees and grow rich. It says think and grow rich. I was like, oh, your ideas, your ideas are what will make you rich if you execute them correctly. That's it, man. That's it. I was like, <laughs> because if you really think about it, the artists just have ideas after ideas after ideas, but then we'll 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 pray for God to like save us uh, um, from our you know the valley that we're in, right? And he's like, and he's like um, you know, the, all of those ideas running in your head. That's your lifeboat, right? Those are your right. life. I'm sending right. you ideas. I've been, I've been sending that to you, <laughs> and you're sitting on them. I was, oh, man, that's that's major. And so, what you're doing, you're you're deploying and employing your ideas. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's. It's it's such a gratifying feeling, you know. I, I think for so long I've been chasing what the poetry fame could be. You know, like I want to be a famous poet. And then it struck me was I don't have to be famous to be rich. Do you want to be popular or do you want to be paid? Right. And I was like, I like being paid. <laughs> Because being paid means I can I can have access and a certain amount of power to do other mm -hmm. things and create, you know, um, popularity. I mean, there are a lot of popular people out there, but they're broke, broke, <laughs> broken, you know. And I was mm. like, I don't I don't want either of those things. I I you know and. and we talk about broken people and, and people are like, well, you don't, you don't put enough tragedy in your work. I'm like, yeah, I, that's not who I am. I got enough tragedy. I don't have to, I don't have to put it on paper. Like I don't have to share that with you <laughs> I, unless it's, unless it's me and you having a conversation and I need to tell you about an experience that I survived that helps you specifically. Yeah. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna necessarily pimp my pain, you know, to, 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 to gain popularity. I've, I've lost plenty of slams to to poets who have who put their who put their heart out there, and I, kudos to them. That's a certain kind of bravery, and it's not that I'm not that brave. I just don't think it's any of your business, and that's just the old school view. Mm -hmm. Like I, I write for uh, in terms of of that. Like I, I like to I like to entertain. I like mm -hmm. to leave a message. I like mm -hmm. to form. And if there are other things that I think are more important than that, then, you know, something that I, I've been through, then yeah. If it's a specific event that really reflects my life, then of course you're going to get that poem, but right. nah, not just for, you know, winning a hundred bucks. That's not, it's not. You're, you're intentional. Right. Right. Very intentional. So yeah, when I say, you know, the popularity thing for people who, you know, sometimes they end up broke or broken. Like I just, it's not worth it to me. It's never been worth it to me. And I've been, and I, and I say that from a place where I know that I'm blessed to get where I am and, and, and still have suffered, but not, you know, I understand there are people out there who are really hurting and I, and I, I want to help those people. Like I want to mm -hmm. be able to help you not suffer the way you have suffered and come up, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where you don't have to get paid for your pain because that's taxing, you know, yeah. like if, if, if the only way I'm going to make a million dollars is to continue to tell you where my scars are and rip those scars off on stage, is that million dollars worth it? Like, what is that money worth? And there's got to be another way. But, you know, that's a 
that's a whole philosophical question anyway but yeah man it's 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 good um to be able to 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 have the access and the resources mm -hmm. to help other people and if i do you know something for six other poets and five of them become insanely rich and insanely famous from what i've been able to give them then i would have done my job and served my purpose on this earth as what i do and mm. and i've grown to be comfortable with that like my kids are healthy my mom and dad are still with me i'm not suffering from a disease i'm good you know that's and that's as as small as the boxes I, I try to make it and put those things in there and remember that every single day that I'm good because I know people who are not. And so I won't complain about what I do not have and be very thankful for what I do and maintain that happiness. If it grows, great. Mm. Shrinks, then maybe I worry a little, but for right now, and how how can I help people? That's where I'm at. Like, mm. I'm so good right now. Who can I be of service to? So yeah, man. yeah, man. That is, you know, I'm not even going to continue this because that is the best way to end it. You know, because truth be told, we could continue to talk for another five hours. <laughs> yeah, you know man. what I mean? Yeah, um, man. But, but what you were able to share in this conversation, the value is, is, is priceless, you know? Um, and I know those who are reading this on the blog, uh, listening to it on the podcast or watching it on YouTube, uh, they're going to get so much from it. And I know they're just sitting there like, I can do so much more now. I can do so much more with my poetry that I didn't even know that I could. Right. You know, for the longest for me, I've been writing since first grade. And until 30, you know, until I was Googling, how can you start a career in poetry? How can you get paid with poetry? Couldn't find anything. No example. I just couldn't find it. You know, I'm 39 now, right? And uh, it, it's it's just a it's been a it's been a journey of okay, if you can't find it, you have to create it, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I'm like you, man. I I I, I feel as though that I will grow by helping others grow. Exactly. Exactly. And, and if we understood that as a collective, the industry would grow so massive and so quickly, you know, because like I said, and with the example of Brandon Leak, mm -hmm. you know, as he succeeds, not everybody looking for a poet is going to not everybody looking for uh, um, uh, a poet is looking for Amanda Gorman. Right. They're right. looking for a great poet. Exactly. So be a great poet. Be a great professional poet. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I so appreciate, you know, you coming on. Uh, I so appreciate meeting you you know, and, and learning a, a, a lot more than what I see on Facebook, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I do appreciate, you know, on behalf of the Poet Life podcast, uh, you being a guest, you know, and, and I'm sure folks will start to DM you and say thank you as well, because you've opened my eyes and I'm sure you've opened others' eyes as well. Um, if you could, uh, well, first of all, tell us about, uh, you told us about your book. Uh, if, is there anything, you know, you want to share with the folks about what you have going on, uh, and, and where they can find you? Uh, for sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, as you can see, B-L-U-Z, 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 and also the hip hop haiku on Instagram as well. 
uh, on Twitter, uh, Mr. Blues. Um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that book about to drop. You'll you'll see it through One Crown uh, One Crown uh, Entertainment, I believe that's, that's the Instagram for them. But yeah, just just follow me on IG, and if you see something you like, of course, like it, share it, uh, whatever. But if you have like specific questions, I I like to remind people that I'm not a gatekeeper. If you have a question about something, ask me. I'm not gonna be like it's gonna cost you twenty dollars. Right. Yeah, you know, unless unless a school or somebody brings me, that's the only way a thing costs something. But if you're a poet who's just trying to make your life a little bit better at what you do, mm. do not be afraid to DM me. Um, that I don't let any of that titles or whatever, mm. like skip all that. I'm still, I'm just blues. At the end of the day, I'm just a dude who puts on shoes and pants and a shirt and tries to make his life and the life of his family a little bit better. So mm. uh, at, I, I, I am somebody, but I'm nobody if you just need to talk to me. Like, I love it. I'm approachable, so hit me up for sure. I love it. How many how many daughters do you have? I have two. Um, I, my my son uh, is how's my son now? He's, uh, he's 29. My oldest daughter, who's in college, is 20. My youngest is 13, and I have a two-year-old grandson. Wow! Wow, that's my you boy. Have some, you, have some, <laughs> you have some work on your hands, man. Listen, I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I have three daughters, all all six and under. Oh, you talking about my work. <laughs> and listen, you wonder you wonder why we record these episodes at nine o'clock at night. Right. I understand exactly, but I already know. Yeah. I already know. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally, man. So thank you for obliging. And um uh listen, you know, even when we hop off this, I wanna, you know, um uh, ask you something okay. uh, in, in regards to what we talked about and uh just thank you so much uh listen everybody uh, i'm sure you got so much value from this episode um uh, so again like blue said go check him out go check out hip hop uh hip hip, hip hop haiku is it the hip hop haiku on yeah. instagram yeah okay got you and so when that book comes out go get it you know i i write haiku as well I write haiku on a typewriter. I see the typewriter in the back. I'm like, let me find out. Is yeah, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I found a lane where I get booked to write haiku at events, have conversation with the attendees, mm-hmm. and translate our conversation in haiku. Oh, that's genius. And so, and so we type them up on these cards, and now they're party favors for the attendees that they get to take home. Bro, that's, so, that's so genius. That you know, is genius. Weddings, the whole nine, man. And uh, uh, it, it's, 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 been a, it's been a journey. As a matter of fact, I got connected with the haiku guys. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Uh, but look, look them up. Look them up yeah. on, on IG. The are they out of, uh, are they out of uh, California? They're they're so they're international. They're oh, based wow. out in New York, but they have so they they hire um, haikuists uh-huh. uh, in, in in cities, big cities around the country and and beyond, um, and they hire poets like me to go to these events that they book, and That's they pay cool. well. So that means they are getting paid well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna check those out. I'm gonna check those yeah, out. Yeah, sure. definitely, man. So, um, um, I love the 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 haiku book idea, and I love the title, the theme, the whole nine. Because, like you said, that can continue on, right. because hip hop is just here. It's here. It's here just here, and it's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, so, so as a matter of fact, it's going into the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> From the universe to the metaverse. You know? Yeah, man. Uh, but everybody, uh, thank you all for checking this episode out. I'm not sure what I'm going to title this episode, um, but because we've gone from left to right and up and down, and uh, 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 just just be prepared for the next episode. And and again, DM uh, blues 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 on IG. 
Thank you for checking us out. If you need more information about The Poet Life, go to thepoetlife.com. If you all need some gear, go to poetlifegear.com and get you some. Question is, who knows you're a poet? If a stranger saw you, would they know you were a poet? They would if you were a basketball player and you had basketball shorts on. They knew you were a basketball player. But how do people know you're a poet? If they, if you had some poet life gear on, they would stop you. They would stare at your gear, like, "Oh, you're a poet." Yeah, yeah. So go to poetlifegear.com. Um, what else we got? Poetlifeuniversity.com as well. Uh, uh, we have eight week long courses live on zoom. Uh, uh, and one of the courses, how to get paid in the classroom, how to get paid to teach in the classroom, right? That's one of our courses. We have roughly around seven courses. And after this, I'm going to talk to blues about teaching, having him teach the business behind poetry. So listen, check us out. Thank you for watching. It's the poet life podcast. We're out. Find a way, find a way Ain't get no time now, you in the way I'm doing fine now, out of my business